I have terrible news, guys. What's that? I just heard from corporate. They want us to do a sequel to our part one of the Matrix podcast. Oh, you mean the one that we recorded uh, a little over three hours long? Yeah, yeah, that's the one. It ends up only being about two hours long in the feed, but they, 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 de- they're demanding a sequel. I guess they run out of ideas. We're contra- so contractually obligated. Yeah, they said they're going to do it with or without us. Uh, um, I know on the Patreon to get the uncut raw edition. I know. <laughs> I want it. Uh, PG. Just after no, it's, it's hard. Not it's after hard. all yeah. this time, it's been like a week. After all this time, we're going back to a Matrix podcast. I'm, I'm just really excited. Back to where it all began. Same. A week ago. I love it. Anyway. Um, that's as good a start as any, I, as you know, I don't really know how to start yet, but it'll be something like that or, well, I still know Kung Fu. Yeah, everyone. Boom. Oh man, you got there first. I'm not going to do it this time. He's just <laughs> going to copy me. That's what, that's what he does. Oh man. I feel like I'm having deja vu. Um, oh man. <laughs> welcome to late to the movies. My name is Ben Holt every week or sometimes twice on the same day as, uh, depending on if you've listened to the first episode that came out today or not yet, we're going to talk about a movie. None of us have seen before. Me and my friends get to fill in our blind spots, et cetera, et cetera. I already said the thing about deja vu, so I won't say it again, but you've already heard this intro, so let's just get into it. I'm here with the same people who were on the last one about The Matrix. That's myself, Noah. Hello. Corey. It's me. Robbie is still in The Matrix, but he'll be here soon. (laughs) And um, yeah, we're going to talk about Matrix Resurrections. When we last recorded about The Matrix, we hadn't seen this movie yet. We all went to see it just a few days ago, and now we have some thoughts. Big picture, was it what you were expecting? How did it differ? And did you like it? You don't have to answer all those at the same time, but I feel like that's sort of what we should drill into on this episode. You want to go? or Uh, As far as like expectations, I didn't really know what to expect, but I I would say it. um, I, I had heard that it was better from the people I talked to. It was not as good as the first, but better than the second and third installments, which I, w- I would agree with. So I overall, I would say I enjoyed the movie and I didn't really have any expectations going into it. It yeah. was nothing like what I thought it was going to be. Um, in a good way or in, in, a, in a good way? Yeah, okay. like just, just in the sense of like, it wasn't like how I thought it was going to be. So I thought it was just going to be kind of more like the first three movies, like there's going to be, you know, some more fight scenes. They're fighting to save something, you know, cl- a classic two and three direction. Um, but I, I feel like I couldn't say whether or not it's better than the second or third movie, because to me, it was so different that it was like a, a, a its own thing, you know? Yeah, I definitely want more time to sort of think it over. But I, I, I feel like I would probably at first blush say, that Matrix series rankings, this is probably second for me after the after the original 1999 one. You're right. It's, it's tough, Likewise. though. I think, I think we all like the second and third movie, and even though they're really just one big sort of narrative, I, I, still, I still like those more than it seems like a lot of people do. Even saying that, I would still put this a little bit above those. It does some, so some, some really cool stuff. So... Um, speaking of defying expectations, I think we all did a pretty good job of avoiding spoilers going into it. I did not expect the first 30 to 40 minutes be to be a commentary on how difficult it is to get in the right mental headspace to make a sequel to something in Hollywood. That was so, like, that was so awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think we all enjoy that a lot. Yeah. And how I guess Talana Wachowski, it's sort of being on like a, a treadmill of torture pretty much. <laughs> There's a lot of things in that movie that I can't really explain, but while watching it, I was like, oh, this might be really big brain right now. And then I started like connecting things because we just watched all three of the movies two two weeks ago. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so everything's still fresh in, in my head, at least. And as we were going through the movie, like that beginning scene, I was like, oh, my God, like this is referencing this and like this ties in here. And this is way like I bet everybody's missing this. Like half of this theater has no idea. <laughs> that theater was down for it though. I, I liked our theater not to get too off topic, but um, we, we had a fun experience where they played the first about, I don't know, four or five minutes of the new Spider-Man movie yeah. <laughs> instead of the matrix. Wonderful. Every, was everyone was booing Spider-Man, which is great. I, I don't know. It was a little weird when they started playing the preview to the movie we we're about to watch. Yeah. yeah that should have like, been a, huh. that should have been a signal for us all, but it wasn't. <laughs> just thought it was like a new strategy they were trying out i don't know um, yeah i was like do they just have generic 
previews now for every movie or yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I maybe. thought that like that was the beginning of the movie. Like when it first happened. The when Spider-Man? No, no, no. Oh. Well, I wasn't there for that part. <laughs> In the Matrix, there's Spider-Man. They're having the trailer. Yeah. The trailer for yeah. the Matrix. And uh, I was like, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's also a commentary on other Hollywood blockbusters, or it's not. I don't know. It's it's the Wachowskis. It might be a bunch of things. It might not be any of the things you think it is. It might just be a love story in an action movie. But I think it's certainly some in there, at least personally, I think, about, you know, other modern blockbusters and how successful or monetarily, but not necessarily successful artistically they might be. Mm-hmm. Seems to be a lot of frustration from Lon Wachowski in this movie about that. Um, there was, there was a really cool article. I don't know if you guys checked it out. I've mentioned this critic before, Emily Vanderwerf. She wrote, I think on Vox about the way this movie depicts, uh, trauma therapy and how it is sort of on the surface kind of obvious, but then a lot more nuanced as you get into it. And I like her read of it. So this is maybe the fourth time I'm saying this, but the, yeah, go, go read her stuff because it's more insightful than I'm probably going to be today at least. Wait, you've you've told us this already. Um, just to, not about specifically this situation, but in this, I think the Silence of the Lambs episode, we said that too. So okay, okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I would like to read that. That sounds like right down my my alley. Yeah, no, it, it's really great. It's it's you know you either she looks at it as there's two ways to interpret because we should say, um, you know, Neil Patrick Harris is in this at first as. Uh, Keanu Reeves is Neo's in-universe, in-matrix therapist. But then you find out he's sort of actually the new architect who's built everything. And he represents another form of control. And that can be taken as a pretty uncharitable reading of therapy. Or you can uh, look at it the way she does. And I don't, I don't want to you know paraphrase someone who's a lot smarter than me. But uh, it's a lot more nuanced and a lot more about processing trauma in a pretty interesting way. Yeah, I thought it was really cool that they um, kind of like hinted to what was going on by, first of all, Neil Patrick Harris had these very distinct blue glasses. Yeah, I kind of want those glasses. They were were fantastic. Oh, okay. (laughs) And then the blue pills um, that he was taking daily. A lot of blue pills. That that was so great. Yeah, yeah. um, I I was kind of surprised by how good Neil Patrick Harris was in this. Not that I... He killed it. Yeah, yeah, not that I necessarily am like a Neil Patrick Harris hater or anything, but it's just like, I mean, he's he's just bringing it. He has a really kind of similar, not in function, but had a similar experience watching him in Gone Girl where he pops up and you're like, oh, he's awesome. Why isn't he always in stuff like this being awesome? I forgot he was in that And this is... Instead of just being funny... Yeah, yeah. And this is like the first time for me that I've seen him since Gone Girl in a thing where I'm like, wow, this is a really cool mode for him and he's really killing it. So mm-hmm. I, I thought he was great. Yeah, I don't yeah, know. he was awesome. <laughs> I, f- I feel like there are a few other things that were blue that really just stuck out. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's that's probably intentionally blue. Like it's like very blue and stands out in a way that doesn't really stand out. Like after I saw the glasses, oh, I started looking okay. like, what else is blue in this world? Was the cat's collar blue um, or her bowl or something? I think the some something else something in the office. Really it might have been the, cat. the bowl. Um, I, I think it's funny that the cat's bowl name said deja vu on it, it which did, I'm yeah. the name. Yeah. yeah. Great. Um, ne- Neo, who just thinks he's Tom at this point, meets up with Trinity, who thinks her name's Tiffany, in a bar called Simulate. Or sorry, in a coffee shop called Simulate. I saw that right away and laughed. Like, Good stuff. Just nice. just fun stuff. Just fun stuff. Um, does anyone want to, I mean, I guess we maybe could have started with this, but whatever. Would anyone want to try and just give a quick plot summary? I, I don't. So what do you guys <laughs> want to take the rest? Uh, it's new to all of us. I can do it. Wait, are, are these, too, but. Well, just to pre- preface this, we know in the last movie, um, Neo died. Yeah. Well, super died. died. Um, so the movie so starts. <laughs> um, we're back at Neo. Neo is this game developer. Um, like, world famous game developer he doesn't seem to really know who he is outside of the matrix um trinity's also in there that married to another guy um chad chad yeah it's funny that his name's chad um and then played by chad stahelski keanu's stunt double from the original matrix movies and the uh director of john wick so (laughs) that's awesome um but, but yeah. even if it wasn't him, that guy should still be named Chad. It's very funny. <laughs> 100%. <laughs> but Neo sees Trinity and has this, you know, some kind of spark. 
Um, and the game he's been creating the whole time is called The Matrix. Oh, funny. Um, so basically, he has all these memories in the back of his head that he kind of perceives as creativity and then ends up creating a game that is pretty much just all of his past. Um, and then uh, people come into the world, try to save him. Maybe they do. Maybe they don't. Yeah, they do. Um, and then it's just a, a fight with the robots. They find out that the robots actually aren't all bad. Some of them want to team up together and and um, make the world a better place, which is cool. Um, yeah, they're successful in the end. Uh, love prevails. Yeah, I think okay. that's yeah. Um, and that's Robbie here. Cool. Good timing by Rob. So, yeah, um, <clears throat> Robbie's here back from his trip into the Matrix. What'd you find? Uh, I found my car keys. And, <laughs> all uh, right. Traffic. Well, not that traffic. Levels got here in like escape. ten minutes. It's pretty impressive. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, really quick. One level at that point it sucks. It's like an hour and a half per level. So, mm. yeah. we we started with a bit that absolutely killed about how the uh, I heard from corporate and they're making us do a sequel to the podcast about yeah. the first podcast about the Matrix. We all laughed and laughed. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> I, 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 don't don't even, I don't even think I heard that. <laughs> I was like spacing out at the beginning of that. Yeah, I was wondering why you weren't yes ending it. You were you were talking about other stuff. Me and Noah were trying to do a really funny bit oh yeah <laughs> you just kept talking about other stuff but whatever i was like ah oh, ben's saying something stupid i was man. like okay i guess it's the direction he wants to pull it in that's what he does for most of the podcast anyways <laughs> but now you said it i'm like oh that's brilliant <laughs> all right whatever i can't wait to hear this from the rest of everybody else it? does all right guys we're back robbie's here corporate send him in <laughs> all right <laughs> yeah it's uh Jonathan Groff's character, the, the secret agent Smith. So uh, Corey just recapped the plot. Right at the beginning, we uh, should mention that much like we did a few weeks ago, uh, a couple new characters to the franchise are watching the beginning of the first Matrix movie. The characters look a little bit off. And instead of Agent Smith being played by Hugo Weaving, it's instead played by Yahya Abdul-Mateen, the second from a bunch of stuff. I, I mostly know him from... Uh, Watchmen. He's been in a ton of stuff, though. So, um, and then you know, it's a really cool sequence where it's not quite working as it should. And then eventually, Bugs, who has blue hair and she's new, um, and uh, it's, she has like a white rabbit tattoo and says "What's up, Doc?" at one point. And a carrot on yeah, her t-shirt. She does have a carrot on her t-shirt, also. It's all really all of a theme. She. Um, Meets up with the fake Agent Smith. That turns out he's also Neo. Uh, he's also Morpheus. Whatever. That's uh, we don't have to go point by point, but just that's how Morpheus gets into the movie. <laughs> Neo coded him this time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. I was wondering that Morpheus or that rendition of Morpheus that came from Neo coding him, or was that just like yeah? Oh, okay. I wasn't sure if it was like the leftover in some sense, remnants, remnants, uh, I can't talk remnants of Morpheus that was captured while he was in the matrix saved as data. And then like organically created, I think it's okay. So there's going to be a lot of guesswork in this one because it's oh, not, no, he definitely did because it's it not specific, the, um, but yeah, it was in, it was in, um, Neo's modal that he, he was testing out. Although, so, I don't know. yeah, cause the modal wasn't just, so Neo was running tests because they didn't really like I assumed the modal was part of like the architect or, you know, the analyst plan in this one. But I th- I think that was all just Neo. So Neo was building Morpheus. He was building Morpheus to be able to bust him out of the. OK. Yep. Sorry. The pieces. Yeah, oh. Talking to the mic. <laughs> <laughs> Fine. I'll talk into the mic. OK. So, yeah. Neo was building that modal to run a Morpheus that could successfully break him out of the prison that the analyst had him in. That was yep. the purpose of everything that. And that's Pretty how much, folks yeah. found him, because they were like, what is the purpose of this? So it was it was never the analyst running that modal that was all neo okay mm-hmm. right. so i guess it was like a subconscious yeah part of neo yeah and so uh neo who again just at this point thinks he's tom anderson for the first like 40-ish minutes of the movie mm-hmm. he won a 1999 game award which i think is predates the game awards but it was the actual they only showed for a bit but it was the actual trophy that like Jeff Keighley hang, hands out every year now for the game awards oh, <laughs> which i thought was pretty funny <laughs> Um, and yeah, so that's, that's what the, um, uh, Neil Patrick Harris's analyst taking over the architect now has made Neo believe that he wrote all these things and these memories that he has are just 
him thinking that parts of the game that he wrote are coming to life or whatever. Which if you're going to try to keep somebody controlled way better than trying to rewrite their history, because all the memories always come through in like all of these shows. So instead it's like, yep, no, the memories are real. That was just a game you made. That it's is like, a oh, really good idea. It's really smart. Yeah, I like that he did that. Yeah. And, and I know you actually read it. So just to circle back, we talked a little bit about the Emily Vanderwerf article about, you know, how to her, the new matrix movie is about trauma and stuff. Yeah, no, that was really interesting. Um, I, I liked it. I also thought it kind of um, like playing off what she she wrote kind of made me think maybe it was also a take on like the kind of the attitude of if somebody says they're upset, it's always like, oh, go to therapy, which kind of takes out the like that person has to want to go to therapy and they have to put in the work going to therapy or else it can just be a, a trap where like this person's just talking at you and you're like, well, I'm in therapy and it's oh, okay. Well, are you interacting? Are you engaging? Are you right. listening? Or did you just check the I'm in therapy box and like not to talk shit on anybody going for any reason. It's always great to go. I just, I think there is something to be said there about like, it's one of those things that's only going to work to the extent of what you're willing to put in. So I, I don't know, big tangent. And she just triggered a lot of thoughts when I oh, read yeah. through, through her take on it. And I, I think there is a, a, a lot to dissect there and you do want to be careful of um, not getting into the don't be a sheeple by going to a therapist kind of attitude you could potentially take from that because that's clearly not Lana Wachowski's. Yeah. yeah, no, I think that's totally right on. Has there so, been an, like an official statement from Lana Wachowski about what she made the movie. No, I think she, so she was pretty quiet in the lead up to the release. I would assume intentionally in an effort to not color anyone's opinion because there is explicitly a sequence early in the movie when it's just having all this fun with the metatextual stuff that it's doing where it's sort of a montage of different people sitting around a table s deciding like how what should the matrix sequel be about well the matrix is a love story the matrix is about bullet time and guns the matrix is about so trauma I mean, yeah it's I, so funny i couldn't get over that because so, it just so it was so i mean is tongue-in-cheek the right word yeah i just think like, so all, all of these theories you've heard and all of these people that have made these solid arguments and i just she touched on so many of them and it was just fantastic yeah i think there's even one person that says it's like a trans allegory or yes something. yeah yep. it's about trans people they, they yep. put that in there right, right away. So <laughs> yeah. they, they even i think she even said something we had mentioned before that was like oh it's gonna be about living in the post-trans world now because <laughs> like they had their transition and all that and you know that was the big difference between the two so it's interesting to see that like even she touched on that in the movie. Um, I was also going to say, this is for our group, we saw uh, Dune, and I'm in like mm -hmm. a Dune Facebook jo uh, joke group, and somebody already made a meme about like, oh, here's another vague and unanswering Matrix movie coming out or, or something along those lines. So I'm like, wow, that was what one and a half days and it's pretty damn quick for people already. Be like, what were you expecting? That's mm -hmm. these movies, but. Yeah, we we can talk a little bit about sort of uh, res audience response. It's been pretty divisive, which means I know that uh, it accomplished what Lana Wachowski wanted it to. Hundred <laughs> percent. Um, it could have it could have played it super safe, but I think none of us were expecting it to. And and in that regard, I don't think we were disappointed. I've said I think they set the bar for reboots because I am so sick and tired of seeing the same story repeated. I am excited to see like they touched on the old story. They tied it to the old story, yeah. but this was a new story. It has a new everything. So I don't know. It was, it was cool. I feel so like they cool. didn't over milk the nostalgia. No. They it, definitely yeah. like tapped into it, but I didn't think it was like too much where it's like, all right. Like, come on, you it, have to actually do something. It almost felt like when they were tapping into it, they were making fun of themselves while doing yeah. it. Yeah. 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 Which was great. Absolutely. Uh, that, that whole scene just made me feel good. Yeah. You felt like you were awesome. in on a joke with yeah. them. Like everyone mm -hmm. was having fun there. So I, I don't know. It was like, well done. What's it called when you like do something like talking out of this? Break the, the fourth wall. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They were like breaking the fourth wall, but like kind of not really. Yeah. yeah. In like mm -hmm. such a masterful way. Yeah. Um, they were They weren't quite like, you know, Keanu Reeves wasn't like looking and winking directly at the camera, but they, they knew what they were doing and it was, it was fun. That, that can go 
I mean, that can get corny really quickly and go in a pretty bad way, but I feel like it was handled really, really interestingly here. Well, they kind of pull you out of it quick, right? Because I feel yeah. like you, you have that going on and then all of a sudden there's like that trippy, like gaslighty moment. And I can't remember, you know, we just saw it recently, so I don't have it fully like hammered out in my head, but like, I, I feel like it was a pretty jarring, like you had all of these jokes and then all of a sudden something trippy was happening with Keanu where you were like, wait, w- what's going on? So it was a nice like transition between like here we are and here's where we're going. So the whole first act essentially takes place within this new matrix created by Neil Patrick Harris's analyst. Mm-hmm. And um, I think a lot of people have, have noted that the visuals, at least while they're inside the matrix, are pretty flat and like hypersaturated and it's constantly twilight for some reason and stuff. And I mm-hmm. think, I mean, and this is one of the ways you can go wrong and giving it too much credit. I personally don't think that's possible, but a lot of people do, that that's intentional and supposed to be commentary on how franchise movies all look the same and all look flat and the action's boring or whatever. Um, So I don't think it's supposed to be bad and make you be like, oh, it's bad and that's the point. I I still enjoyed it, but Mm. I'm just saying I think that's on purpose. That That's one of the criticisms that feels worthy of – addressing oh interesting i mean i think you could also just tie that into a commentary on the analyst world because i i I don't have his whole like thing memorized but i think that was a part of his whole purpose of building it is it had to be kind of like gray and miserable because the more you almost had what you wanted and the more you could hope for things the more energy we generated so i i think you could even just write that off as like yeah he designed it to be kind of gray and miserable it was supposed to be flat I don't know. It, it works on a lot of levels. So the whole first act leads up to this really awesome sequence where Keanu, as Tom, is uh, having what he thinks is a full breakdown after the building's being evacuated and he runs into a bathroom, sort of reminiscent of the first movie where he's getting texts from someone he doesn't know that yep. are like, they're in the building, go through this way if you want to you know, not get caught. Um, he goes into a bathroom, meets New Morpheus, who he designed. So he looks different, I guess. That's the implication. He's way more fabulous. He's yeah, his his personality is also different. Totally yeah. On point. Yes, yeah. yeah. Dude, fresh. He's yeah, and he's he's just a program now, but it's in the matrix, so he can pop up. Which phenomenal job of designing like like or in, in showing the design of a program that had to go and learn to try to be Morpheus because he had that good blend of almost Morpheus, but still clearly like it was somebody that learned and is trying to be Morpheus. So I think that was very good. Like his tack lines and stuff like that, right? Yeah. yeah and then, then, then he's like, ah, I don't know. And then he's practicing the line in the mirror and stuff. Yeah. So yeah. Like, again, just having fun with it. So it was, it was cool. Yeah, it was cool. Man, that leads to that sequence is awesome where Neo is thinking that he's, this is all in his head. Morpheus is taking down countless SWAT team members Jonathan Groff, who he is also sort of in a similar mind prison as Neo because it's actually Agent Smith. Mm. He's relearning that he's Agent Smith, not just uh, Tom Anderson's partner in this video game developer. And um, there's water everywhere. There's water everywhere because it's the Matrix. There's got to be water. And uh, yeah, and then he's he's yelling Mr. Anderson and he's starting to shoot at him too. And it's all this slow motion stuff and everything's exploding. It's it's and it's just a really cool sequence. And then he wakes up at uh, Neil Patrick Harris's place. But not too soon after that, they finally convince him to jump out. And well, the it's been sixty years. It turns out. Well, it, it is kind of funny because that I think that interaction too doesn't end. The first one doesn't end with him ex- escaping. Just yeah. like in the first Matrix, he doesn't. He ends up getting caught by the agents because he doesn't fully follow the instructions in the the first movie either. So that, that was kind of cool, but they did do it in a completely different way. Um, so I don't know. It's just interesting. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about the performances as we uh, head off to uh, the new human city, IO mm. kind of uh, made by, I guess, separatist sort of from Zion who didn't want to continue being like sort of military junta led, yeah, or whatever they, they said they they just didn't want to control so i would assume they were part sick of being part of the system probably people yeah. a lot like um suri's parents mm-hmm. that just kind of found something else that they were interested in doing which kind of seems like the natural progression of robot 
evolution if that's kind of also what we're watching in these movies so it's just interesting to see them go from very task-based which we were as a species too you know just agricultural grind build and then expand out into arts which started really with surrey and making the sunset and now like they have all these new technologies in this hidden city so i don't know just just to save your mentions it's sati shit so yeah (laughs) sati so just so angry matrix heads don't uh don't spam you online Uh, that's fine (laughs) color s that was robbie (laughs) and that wasn't me uh at r-o-b-v-i-e-5-6-4-3 that's his phone number no um (laughs) wasn't a just to mention to a big part of like their transition to um, this like different kind of civilization is the integration of like other robots and like AI that have decided to absolutely yeah so I I like what this movie does is yeah there's there's the sentience now who are these it's the preferred term for robots now or machines uh, because I guess they mostly said machines in the original trilogy yep so the sentience are machines who have come over to not necessarily even the human side because we only see them in IO but this side who believes in sort of manufacturing this piece and preserving what they have and building from there. And now they have strawberries. So it's, um, it's, it's pretty cool. So this movie shifts focus from humans versus machines to now there's actual sides and it's not just humans and just machines. Presumably if there is a sequel to this movie, I'm imagining there will be humans on the other side too. To sort of balance it out. Mm-hmm. Interesting. I, I would imagine that because we had Cypher in the first one and you'd think they're – and it would be easy to even do a propaganda campaign if they want to try to play on public uh, events where they let people know, oh, you wouldn't want to wake up. Look how terrible it is out there. And oh, yeah. There's so many directions to go. I, I was interested too to, to see like the machine warfare, which kind of gives you a little bit of background into like why they were so interested in keeping – humans in check because apparently their civilization isn't as any much that much better than ours was you know they're still militaristic and and warring so it's it's interesting i'm excited to see yeah and uh, i forget which game it is if it's matrix online or enter the matrix or whatever but um there is a group of humans that call themselves ciphers that are you know working with the machines essentially that's really funny in the matrix so yeah um some of the performances are just, I thought, really good. So the main new character is Bugs, played by Jessica Henwick, who has also been in Game of Thrones. And I think she wait, was really? awesome. What was yeah, she? You can't just glance over yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, no, I'm sorry. Us. I thought we had already talked about this. Um, so she's one of the Sand Snakes. I don't know which oh, one. They, oh, they're like the least developed characters in the entire show. But Yeah, potentially be the coolest, least developed. It was Good job. Yeah, only three of them. Um, but she was one of the three that made it into the show. Oh, so, okay, yeah. nice. The sun, the glasses she had were really cool. They were. Oh, yeah. the blue yeah. ones. I I ended up seeing online that there's um like a designer that released all of the oh. Matrix sunglasses from the movie. Oh, that's they're cool. Like, that's cool. They're I think they were fairly expensive. Yes, yeah, it sense. was in pounds, but they're all like. I think close with to like, with like the bar pounds. across the lens yeah. and stuff. Wow, those were cool. I noticed a couple of people had them in the movie, and I was wondering if they were going to tie them into them doing something, especially with them like opening up portals places. But um, just seemed like they were yeah, cool. No, it's the Matrix. Everyone's got cool sunglasses. Did she when um when um Morpheus took the the red pill? Didn't she give him her sunglasses to sort of like balance them out? Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah yeah okay. So, yeah, they might have served some kind of purpose. They're like the blue part of the 3D. Yeah. <laughs> right, yeah. So everything turns red when you take that's the idea. That's, that's what it is. Here's you your blue vision. Yeah. yeah. So oh, yes. um, one thing we should talk about is the they call out one of the criticisms of the first Matrix movies that the red pill, blue pill thing isn't a choice at all. Something we talked about in the last episode a little bit, but they mentioned, you know, it's just... Uh, I think it's Morpheus who says, well, that's no choice at all. A few times in the movie, but first time when presented with, well, you can't really go back. <laughs> I mean, it kind of makes sense because even if you're going to turn out to be a person like a cipher, I, I think if your choices or decisions or whatever have led you to this point where you're being presented with the pills, yeah. you're the type of person that has to – And even if you're like, oh, this is horrible, like you're you're not going to be able to not know – 
what is on the other side of that rabbit hole because yeah. you've gotten to the rabbit hole. Like people, people probably walk by the rabbit hole all the time and could at any point question it, but they just never do. You're the one that found it and now have this choice. I don't know. That's just yeah. my, my take. No, I, I think I'm totally right. Sorry. Yeah, uh, uh, this is semi-related, semi-unrelated. Really big missed opportunity um, to not play Eiffel 65 during mm -hmm. any point of this blue. Like, even in the background of the cafe, if they just put it on, like, I'm yeah. blue. That would have been a nice touch. It would have been a perfect fit. The, yeah, the part like where they play White Rabbit, they, if they just play I'm Blue instead. I think that would have yeah. worked. <laughs> it would have, like, play, played a little more on, like, the almost satirical, serious aspect um, from that, that planning scene. That sounds perfect. And it's yeah. also, yeah, it also aligns with that like nostalgia. Yeah, although for sure, does the does the Matrix have music that is non original? I can't, I can't remember like any specific songs beside the ending. Oh well, White Rabbit, like I just said, um, <laughs> is in there. No, I think you're right though. Then at the end, it's a it's a different version of Wake Up, just like the first movie ended with uh, the OG Rage Against Machine version. Hmm. This one ends with a version by Brass Against. Which I, I did not care for, <laughs> to be honest. But. I well, didn't care for the after credits scene either. That was kind of a waste of time. Yeah. yeah whatever. I like reading credits. I don't. <laughs> nope. Fun reference. And I mean, you know, five next five seconds are a spoiler to a fun reference to the Catrix. Fun, you know, internet meme from back in the day, but whatever. What did you guys, I mean, we've talked around other stuff enough. What did you guys think of Keanu Reeves and Carrie Ann Moss in this movie? It is, after all, a love story. Maybe. I think so. It is a love story. I mean, yeah. you, you can't, they literally, in the trilogy, was a whole scene about showing how love is what brought him back to life and sparked everything. Yeah, it's been like a love story since day one. I didn't realize I think so it, too. It was just part of it. I mean, I, I never thought it was worth, like, calling out as a separate part of the, you know, like I, I don't understand the debate, I guess. And I, I understand it exists. It's just like, yeah, it's, it's always had, it, it's not just a love story. Just like, it's not just an action movie. Just like, it's not just a cyber punk thing. I don't know. It, it's a lot of things. So I don't It's definitely I, an, uh, I, like an element of it though. And I, I think they did a good job with it. I think it was interesting to see like them playing, almost like older celebrities it seemed like they were kind of just just being aged people in the movie as well as like in in real life i, I don't know it's hard to like it just felt kind of real i guess is the yeah what i'm looking for well the other characters in the real worlds are also matrix fans they're fans of the original stories too so oh, yeah, these people are like living cool legends too. so so yeah they're they're basically celebrities it's pretty fun right yeah, right, right cool. yep. yeah Performance wise, I think Keanu and Carrie Ann Moss are are just awesome. It's yeah, like they, they haven't, great. you know, everyone's the the popular thing to say is that they look the same. They haven't aged a day or whatever. But I feel like how much older they look is such an interesting part of the fabric of this this movie. Uh, Carrie Ann Moss's character in Matrix, Tiffany, is introduced by the character that you later find out is Keanu's handler mm. um, as a, a total effing milf, which. <laughs> Which, yeah. That's how he says it too, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure. That's, I think I'm quoting. Earth and Mills. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty funny. Um, <laughs> they definitely look the same, but I don't I don't think you could say they don't look like they've aged. They look like older versions of them. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. They that's that's what I mean. They've, like, yeah. They were very clearly heavily touched up. It was really noticeable when it cut into um, a close-up shot of their hands. You could just like their hands looked a lot older. You know what I mean? Oh, oh yeah, I think yeah. that's just their hands. Yeah. No, no. Like they looked like, like everything else was touched like, up, but when it showed the hands, they looked. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, gotcha. Uh, that's that's what I meant. Yeah. Okay. Like you can, I see what you're saying. When you start to see more of like the veins and like the. Yep. Yeah. 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 I think they looked great. Oh, <laughs> they, they did look great though. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Keanu, 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 you know, he's going to be around forever. So, yeah, I just think that it's just such an interesting part of that playing into this kind of, you, I think you mentioned it's love, love conquering all kind of thing, but mm. when uh, Tiffany Trinity remembers who she is in that Simulate coffee shop and they're kind of um, crying, trying to claw through the crowd back towards each other and uh, reaching out towards each other. I don't know. That got me. It's yeah, <laughs> obviously just manufactured to do that because that's how Hollywood movies operate. When she stopped and me, turned man. around, I was just like, oh, 
yeah. Yes. I, I think what it is is they both felt and looked tired. And yep. I think a lot of us can relate to just like feeling and yeah. looking tired all the time. Like, and I think they did an excellent job of like just showing that kind of just just exhausted and still fighting. It, it was just, it was very well and beautifully done. And there was a lot of points where like they just didn't make it. You know, like they didn't break through. They didn't catch the guy. They they ran and retreated and regrouped and yeah. kept at it. I don't. Th- there was just a lot to be said about the the way they did things. Where they didn't, you know, the first movie and they did an homage for in the beginning. Those guys are already dead. And in this, mm-hmm. like, snap your fingers and they're frozen in jelly, trying to claw through the crowd. I don't know. It's just one of my favorite Keanu like acting scenes is when Morpheus comes and tries to get him to, you know, go with him. And he's just like, I thought he did a really good job during that whole scene. Keanu oh, was yeah, awesome in this movie. Like, terrified he was really good. Both his mind and what was happening and like yeah. not knowing what to do. I was like, wow, he really. Yeah. I'm, I'm telling you with you there. I'm, himself there. Yeah. I, I always yeah. like, I always like Keanu as a presence in movies, but I feel like this is, and whatever, just at me about, I guess, you know, the Dracula movie he's in where he's doing a crazy accent, whatever. I'm just saying I like Keanu. And, I thought he was really good in this movie, even like above above average for him. He was really freaking good. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think uh, especially like having watched all those the three other movies recently and to watch this yeah. one right after, especially he had a lot of movies in between there. But you can really see the gap in uh, improvement in his acting. Like it's. Yeah, I it's think that's totally fair. Noticeable. It makes sense. I mean, he's done like, what, 50 projects in between the, the last one Probably. and this one. Like he has so much more experience in it. He he brings it. So it's, it's great to see. I'm just upset the uh, Keanu Sans is taking a break in 2022 because John Wick 4 got pushed back to 2023. Yeah. Yeah. It's pandemic times. I'm glad this movie came out. (laughs) Absolutely. Another, um, like, arguably, I'd say one of the best performances, Neil Patrick Harris. Yeah. He was awesome. He killed it. So good. I was just like, blown away. So good. The sequence, the the bullet time sequence, they call out early in their movie, the Matrix is about bullet time. And then, the analyst using that against Neo in the matrix by going hyper bullet time himself. And that sequence sort of, uh, in whatever, you know, frame rate they were using on his movements in there and cool stuff. He slows everything down. He puts a bullet through an apple. He's taunting Keanu and everyone else is going in slow motion. There's sparks slowly flying around in the background of a bike shop. Cool shit. I don't know. I was going to say really good. And my first thought was like, oh, it looks like he's finally breaking free from that like Barney role. And I remember to the beginning where you called him Barney. I was like, oh, I guess not completely free. He's, he's almost there. But like it's a good because I feel like every time I see him in anything, it's like, oh, there's Barney. And he's clearly a good actor. And I think he deserves more than being uh, Barney for the rest of his life. And hopefully we keep seeing him do things like this. Cause yeah. yeah, we mentioned earlier how, how good he is in Gone Girl, but. He oh, just should be in that. more stuff like that. Anytime you, you're in like a sitcom like that, though, for ex- yeah, you know, extended season, especially we're all, yeah. we're all like kind of the same age and uh, that we're exactly the same age. And a lot of us have seen, have seen a lot of How I Met Your Mother. So, oh, yeah. yeah. How I Met Your Father starts soon. Is that a real thing? Mm-hmm. Hillary, uh, Hillary Duff starring in it. So um, I don't know about the trailer about came out and I, that's how I felt. And then the trailer came out and it actually like looked pretty good. But we don't have a lot of time. So um, <laughs> I, I don't know how much we're going to dive into other parts. But the only thing I was like kind of iffy on was how the movie ended. I like the, the whole scene where they were falling and then she suddenly starts. Maybe there's just stuff that I missed, but then she just starts floating and then they just fly into the sky and then they're back. <laughs> like, I feel like it was like a rushed ending and like, well, not exactly what I, they set up the flying thing a bunch of times. Yeah. And people keep asking him if he can fly and he keeps trying to, and he can't Neo that is. And then, um, my thinking was like, okay, when they start the last sort of chase scene in the matrix and, you know, the analyst activates all of the drones and they start jumping out of the windows and splattering on the ground, which was not something I've seen in a movie before. No. Um, yeah, that was that was pretty out there. I was like, oh, man, they're really going for this. Um, he tries to fly and then he can't. So then my movie brain's thinking, oh, okay, so that at the end of this, he is going to fly. Mm. And then as he's sort of like laboring and they're getting into that building, then eventually they go to the roof too because they have to have a final confrontation on the roof. It's a Matrix movie. Uh, I was thinking, oh, no, Trinity's going to fly, and that's how it's going to end. 
So that's what I figured was going to happen. They just didn't really explain like, so from, they're obviously running because they couldn't get out of that matrix at that point. But then they jumped off the roof. She started flying and like, they didn't really explain how they got out. I guess you're just supposed to assume that. I mean, they flew away. Nobody else can fly. Yeah. No one else can fly. (laughs) Anyway. Yeah. How'd they get out? They 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 flew flew. to a different door because then they can use doors instead of. So like I thought the same same thing when I saw it though. In any part of the world they could just fly to. I think it was once they unlock flying, you're just, what are you going to do about it? Right. The the implication is that they control the matrix now because that's what happened to Neo pretty much. So yeah. So I no, no one can like hurt them in the matrix anymore. Point, you know, like they yeah. just, they flew and then it was like, okay. All right. We're all done. <laughs> yep. And then there's the, the ending sequence where they're finally wearing the, you know, the leather trench coats and got sunglasses on and they sort of have a similar scene to the end where Neo's on the phone, kind of just taunting robots. Uh, and then he flies away, but instead they just go directly to Neil Patrick Harris's house and taunt him to his face and, Trinity punches them a bunch and then they both fly away. It's good stuff. I don't know. It's a good scene. Yeah. Yeah. I also don't know how I feel about that scene. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So that, that, I mean, that rests on straight opinion. Like, yeah, yeah, no, that's, that's good. If we all agree, it is a boring podcast. True. Yeah. I definitely wasn't super thrilled with the end. I think, um, fantastic movie all the way up until probably like the last five minutes or so I had some like different directions I would have went went in but um I think a lot of it might not have def- necessarily been how Lana would have wanted to end it seems like a lot of it is designed to get you hooked for the next movie you know like you you cut off the right after the flying because in the first one you cut off right after the flying and you don't want to like waste all the good abilities you want to draw people into the second movie to see the you know like it kind of plays into like that marketing piece of things i don't know i also think what you're saying and i really hope like noah said i really hope they don't make another one just because like it has a lot more potential to be bad than it does good and as much as Mm -hmm. i would love to watch more matrix movies of course because I love them all, uh, I that like risk I feel like is too much. It's like when you uh, play House on the Hill and the the thing goes up by one every yeah. time, and you roll the dice, it's got to be lower. Yeah, no, I, every time you make a movie, I feel like your chances of uh, making it worse and worse are just. Especially my opinion of yeah. the end, mm. like I feel like subconsciously I'm carrying that through to the next movie, and I'm like, oh, oh yeah, I see what you're saying. If they're gonna like build up for the next movie at the end of this one, then. You know, who knows? The next movie might be like entirely a build up for the third one. And <laughs> yeah, they could do what they did last time. Release two and three six months apart from each other. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I, I mean, I'll be honest. I'll watch whatever they put oh, out. Yeah. No, I'm just going to keep doing all. that. Yeah. But, uh, I'll go to IMAX again. <laughs> and, you know, maybe we'll be pleasantly surprised. I think if you go in with that attitude and uh, they do impress like she did this time. Yeah. yeah. Even better. One thing we were talking about at the end of the movie, uh, after, after it finished, um, like the potential for other media content revolving around the story and world of the matrix. So mm. like I, I was saying, I would like to see a show um, either about, you know, what happened in the 60 years with, uh, I, was it IO or ION? IO. IO. I mean, Zion. It was destroyed uh, by the robots. That was, that was all the skeletons she showed them because they waited for, like, Neo to come save them, and that's how Morpheus died in the real world. Mm. Oh, well... So yeah. I'd watch a show about that. Yeah. Yeah, so, like, a show about, uh, like, a lot... 60 years is a long time. They built an entire, like, civilization, basically, um, within that time. So there could... There's definitely a lot of potential for, like, a show about that. Nothing to do, like, no reference... Or no like showing of Neo or anything, just like that side crew that, you know, kind of built up and they could even like mention stuff about like Neo and everything and how they still believe in him, but like really keep it a separate thing just within that fictitious world. Yeah. There's a lot of potential for that 60 year period because it sounded like Zion and Io were uh, in existence at the same time at one point where like they had differences of opinion and stuff. So you could really have that. um, And I forgot Jada Pickett Smith's character's name Niobe Niobe and Morpheus kind of running their own uh, own shows. It's really interesting, but I don't know if we we'll get to see that. We we're talking about how good all the performances are, and oh, I think we just need to touch on Jada Pinkett Smith real quick. Let Noah take uh, take this one. Yeah. Okay. 
Okay. I'm sorry. I just didn't buy it. I didn't buy Niobe. I think yeah, she went too hard. She, she becomes, she's become like extremely embittered and it seems to be terrible at her job. Yeah. Know. She just went too hard on the old, old lady thing. Like you could oh, tone it back no. a little bit. You didn't have to be Neo's like, this to crap I, I could have done just as good when she's Hello, walking around. I am an old man. Yeah. <laughs> I'm angry about everything. Yeah, that's basically what you she, she sounded you like to don't me. Understand. Yeah, that's I like her motivations are kind of like they don't make any sense. You'd think she'd be excited to see him. Even her explanation yeah, is she like immediately arrests Neo. She we should say yeah. he yeah. literally <laughs> saved all of them. Oh yeah, <laughs> well, so they're like, uh, you know, we don't trust you this time. You only did like the impossible before, and yeah. no one seems to agree with her. Everyone's like, can we not arrest him? Even the guy who's arresting Neo is like, I'm, I'm sorry, this is really awkward. Sorry. It seems like that relative, like you get warned about when you bring someone to like a family gathering, like, oh, pay no attention to her. She's a little old and senile. Like she's going to yeah. be gone soon. Just so, let yeah. her be. So it was a combination of the character was weird. And then Jada Pinkett Smith, old lady voice was pretty strange. And her, too. And her, yeah. Like when she, it pans out and it's her walking around trying to address the group. She has like a limp and I don't know, just pretty weird. Yeah, I guess the implications is she's like in her 80s. It's been 60 years. So yeah, roughly. she can't have been younger than her 20s in the just first couple of movies. To play. Yeah. I, just, just, I love the we, part we at the end her. where she's like, I got to send people. And Bugs is like, I volunteered. She's like, I was going to send you. And she's like, well, I volunteer. And so does fucking everyone else. Like, we all want to do this, you crazy old lady. Yeah, everyone agrees this is good. <laughs> this is a good idea. Like, who decided to reach out to Jada Pinkett Smith to play that role? I don't know. I mean, she's a pretty famous person who was in the first movie. Yeah, so yeah. I guess, like, how she play an old person? Like, it, anybody else? Like another old person could have done it and it would have passed as that same character. Yeah. So Jada Pinkett Smith is a very famous person, but is she a good actress? I don't know. She's good in stuff. I, like, I don't know about that. I feel like she's just a famous person. I've never heard of like, have you ever seen Jada Pickett Smith in blah, blah, blah? Never. I think if we weren't all white, we would have a lot more pulls for oh, like man. what she's good That's in. fair. Yeah, she's she's done a good right? amount of stuff. I, I'm not a big <laughs> fan Queen personally, Latifah. but I might have like yeah, a little right, bit of will in the back of my Latifah. mind. You know? People really like Girls Trip. Yeah, that's true. I haven't seen that. I don't know that is. But yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, good movie. Um, Go, go see it or go turn on HBO Max. Go check it out. Hmm. Any final thoughts on what may or may not be the, fi- the final episode of Matrix if they don't make another one again? Oh, they're making another one again. Yeah. It seems like now we'll just do the Matrix movies if they make another one. How well did it do like in box office? Nothing's doing good right now besides Spider-Man. So I mean, no one necessarily go by that. But, yeah, but do they count when they play the first three minutes of it in a random theater? Right, yeah. But I mean, it's it's an R-rated movie that's, you know, it's an R-rated movie that's out at the same time as Spider-Man, that which is only in theaters. This R-rated movie is weird. And had pretty divisive critical reviews, and is also available on HBO Max. Yeah. So it's not doing well. Well, I'm, I'm just not like I'm. I'm not saying well compared to like say Spider Man or something. But is it? There's still got to be some kind of metric for this like unique situation that shows that it's yeah, doing I mean, like better than expected. Or uh, Warner would it's know, just completely but flopping. They, they, Warner doesn't release like how many people have watched something on HBO Max, so it's hard to tell. We'll okay. know how well that it did sense. if we get a second one. Because they'll stop kicking this dead horse when it stops spitting out money. Yeah. Does Warner Brothers own Matrix? Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. the rights to all of the Matrix to content? Make, uh, at least the movies. Oh, yeah. We're going to see another one. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, no, anything, I mean, not to get too deep into box office right now, but anything made for adults that's a little strange is doing very badly right now. Even not even just strange, but anything that's, Made explicitly for adults is doing bad right now. Stuff that skews younger is doing okay. Stuff that is Marvel is doing pretty good. And if you're Spider-Man, you're going to make like a billion dollars in the middle of a pandemic. It's going to be like more than half of the year's total gross at the box office. Just yeah, from the Spider-Man nuts. movie. The next Matrix is going to have Spider-Man. <laughs> yeah, crossover. That's how we save it. I genuinely, when they started playing the wrong movie in the Matrix, I thought that they were going to do like Spider-Man references in the new Matrix because, I mean, they could. Why not? It's a new movie coming around around the same time as Spider-Man. They might get sued by Sony, yeah. but... Well, it's, you know how those, they Spider. do like tie-ins and so, shit, Sony might pay them, you know? Yeah. One thing that I was thinking about kind of interesting, uh, one of my friends in Korea called me 
And I was talking about, oh, I saw the Matrix movie. And he's like, oh, yeah, I really want to see it. It's not out yet. And or he didn't think it was out yet in Korea. Um, and one thing I really thought about is I think a lot of the movie, especially that whole scene that had a lot of the the breaking the fourth, third, whatever wall jokes. Um, I, I feel like it's not going to translate that well. Mm, probably like not. A lot, be, <laughs> a lot of the movie is going to be missed out in translation. Interesting. Yeah. Let us know what they think after they see it. It'll yeah. be interesting. Extremely unique movie among blockbusters. And yeah, the, the sort of self-referential stuff, the sort of maybe there's a critique in there of other blockbusters and franchise culture and stuff. I imagine that doesn't translate if, they, if you're if not steeped in it, the American movie like going did, culture. Uh, Squid Game, it's going to suck. Awful subtitles. Um, yeah. Yeah, I don't know if yeah. Simulate is going to translate all the other puns and like word jokes that they make. That's unfortunate. It actually great, might, just because I think in Korean they use the word simulation and latte. Oh, perfect. So, so it might actually work. Perfect. Thank there you go. Um, yeah. So yeah, I, uh, I liked it a lot. So, uh, you know, there's... Discourse is terrible. Don't ever participate in the discourse. But <laughs> there's people who don't like it that are like, you know, bad people. And then there's other people who are like, oh, it must be good because bad people don't like it. <laughs> Just watch the movie yourself and make your, up your own mind. I loved it. I thought it was great. Yeah, I don't care what anybody else says. I thoroughly enjoyed it and I kind of want to watch it again. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I super want to watch it again. Sorry, I didn't mean to talk over you. <laughs> nope. I think we all feel that way. Yeah, so everybody wants to watch a movie. <laughs> I have work in like 12 hours. It's gross, isn't it? Yeah, it sucks. Yeah. Yeah, it sucks. I'm sorry. All right, I uh, probably all right, do what, too. What was your? Did you say you had something fun or whatever at the end? Or I did not. I said I had something fun at the beginning, and then you ruined it. <laughs> <laughs> Again, you already forgot that we. Do, do you want to re-record the beginning? This is not. It's not how jokes work. You can't just do it again. Well, that was for stealing my. Kung Fu thing like the whole time last time. Which I had written down. <laughs> so did I. Mentally. All right. All right. All right we, we could wrap it up. You know, you, you guys, this I'm is like three hours in probably. Uh, thanks for listening. I'm unplugging. Yeah. Thank you so much for listening. Don't unplug, the, don't unplug while it's recording. God. Oh, that was a thing. Uh, you can't unplug while it's live. You're right. That was yeah, my bad. You'll die. <laughs> Time to unplug. This has been fun, Insert guys. Okay, I gotta say, okay, so you can follow us on Instagram. Yeah, fuck that. Late to number two to the movies, late to the movies underscore pod on Instagram. You can also find us on T Public. It's the late to the movie storefront. We also have dun, 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 dun. an email. <laughs> we finally made it to 1990-ish, um, and we have our own email. I forgot what it is. It's a Hotmail account. <laughs> so far it's just Al Gore you can find us on Friendster stop warming no no it's uh, late to the number two the movies at gmail.com mm. there you go send some emails if we get enough like questions or whatever like you better be fun to address on the pod we'll delete a, the account completely yeah exactly questions <laughs> comments yeah movies anything you'd like to hear about you know I'm happy to answer questions on the pod if there's enough questions we can do a mailbag episode and then we don't have to watch a movie for that ha 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 joke's on you um and uh, yeah, any feedback? I mean, we're just sort of in our own little bubble, our own sort of uh, echo chamber, literally at times. Mm. So any uh, feedback? If it's negative, Noah won't let me see it. Yeah, but <laughs> if it's positive, I'd love Anything to hear. Too it. critical, won't get through the filter. So, <laughs> but you can send it anyways. Yeah. So thanks, guys. Insert unplug noise now. Couple See you in the matrix. <laughs> yeah.